Sports Talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. Ken Miller Show, 1 o'clock hour, 1700 KBGG. Trent Conn and myself with you until 2 o'clock. Jimmy B and TC uh, from 4 until 6 today. We'll get the show rundown before we get out of here at 2 o'clock. Speaking of rundowns, uh, the rundown this hour, Randy Wayhofer in about five minutes. We'll catch up with Randy Wayhofer, who's hung up the microphone at the uh, Iowa Cubs. He will not be uh, taking or traveling with the team on the road this year, but he's uh, just going to be strictly an executive position over there. But a uh, big open house tomorrow at Principal Park, and we will go inside the, uh, I guess, the main, the biggest rule change of them all, one that I'm all for. I'm on record. I'm all for it. I was last year when it was floated out there, the fact they're going to put a runner on second base once the game gets into the 10th inning. And uh, try and uh, declare a winner prior to these games going into the middle of the night. Yeah, I, and especially at the AAA and the minor league level, I get it. Because you fly commercial. Right. right. It's not hop on your charter jet right. and, and move on to the next city. Major League Baseball, I don't want to see it in the 10th. I don't. No, I don't either. Trent. That, there I'm needs to be a comp 12. That's what, That was the number that I had. You know, that... Yep. Play three extra innings, get yes. through three, and then at that point, if you still haven't found a winner, park somebody on second base right. and go from there. Now, it'll happen inevitably this summer. There'll be some 17-hour mm-hmm. uh, inning game. And at minimum. You won't see it. Nobody will. I may. You may, depending if it's, it's a 7 o'clock game. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's a West Coast, you won't. No, and, no. And here's the other thing. Here's you also won't see it. Whoever bellied their way through the turnstiles, right. there'll be 100 people there, maybe, yes. maybe. And the concessions have been closed for hours, and you had half a buzz, you know, at the seventh right. inning. But, I mean, that, that's come and gone right. by now. And that, now, now the little, headache's here. Right. You're getting a little hungry. Yes. Um, you know, you're just not going to stick around. I understand why they're doing it. I know purists out there don't want to hear it. And this is how these things begin, right? They start them at the lower levels of the sport and work. Mm-hmm. Shootout was a thing in the AHL before it was tried in the NHL. Mm-hmm. That's a, uh, just one example. Um, so we'll, I, I, I love it. I really do. Yeah. I wonder how it's going over. It's a good question. You know, if we, when you see it for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's much like the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. Remember the first time I at do? Principal Park yep. seeing it? And it's odd and it kind of... Feels like it's grabbing too much of your attention, mm-hmm. and then by the end of the game, you rarely notice and it. And the next night, you show up and you don't notice it. And now, I did notice yesterday. Uh, it might have been your twins. I was watching yesterday. Um, bullpen visits. The umpire reaches into his back pocket. Yeah. He's got that little notepad, and he's keeping track of bullpen visits. You only get six out to the mound. And out to the mound. So is that catcher also, or is that? I think it is. Now this was pitching coach, but I think catcher. Um, counts as a bullpen I visit. Too. You're right. yeah, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure about that. Which is good. Look, they're trying to speed up the game. I, I, I get why they're doing it in extra innings. Mm-hmm. Like if I know I'm going to a baseball game, I've never actually, you know, I, let me take that back. I've never gone to a baseball game knowing that hey, I'm about to commit three hours of my life because <laughs> you leave early. Well, I do, but but still, none, nonetheless, it's baseball. Just get up and leave. Yeah, right. If, right. if you've had enough. Um, it's July and I'm really hot. I'm going to go get in my air conditioned car and mm-hmm. go. Got an e- I got an early meeting tomorrow. Oh, yes. Or I got to, the kids got to do something, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
We'll see. I mean, I, I get why they're doing it, I guess. You know, the other thing, sports-wise, as far as uh, fandom and trying to help the experience, if you will, you see how the NFL is giddy. I mean, they want this gambling. They'll say one thing but mean the other, right? Mm-hmm. They had, at the NFL meetings earlier this week, they had a gambling seminar. All of the 32 teams were, I don't know who spoke to them, mm-hmm. But the one thing that came out to it, you know what, as excited as they are about anything in this, is in-game wagering. It's the Will next they big make market. the field goal? So your video game is actually coming to life in front of you. You're going to have your phone in front of you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be open to whatever it is your online account, if they get to that point, and eventually that they, they will. And I saw an example, maybe the Cleveland Browns slash Caesars relationship, and you open up your Browns app and... Will they score a touchdown um, this, drive. this drive? Yes, press yes, press no, and make your wager. They're excited it's the Browns, about that. So, so the yes is plus 280. Right, right. No. Well, you know where that really started is is in the NBA because right now yeah. you can – Vegas has these things on – you can – a lot of them. Um, you can make these kind of bets right now, but will he make two free throws? Will he miss this next free throw? Those type of things. So in-game wagering, which is massive in the U.K., mm-hmm. ma- slowly starting to gain traction here. That's what the NFL teams are Because it's easy to stay home and watch these games now. It, right. it, it, it's actually tougher to go to the games because it's so darn comfortable in your living room, mm-hmm. in front of your 70 or 80-inch television, high definition, your fridge right around the corner. You know, you got everything that you need. You can flip from game to game to game. The NFL thinks that in-game wagering might keep some people's interest in going to these games. The uh, the next frontier and just finding and how... That frontier could be... We could kick that door down as early as Monday. The Supreme That's Court, right. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, the Supreme Court could render their decision on Monday. And if indeed they do, that will open up the doors first in the state of New Jersey, who has it approved already. In fact, there are New Jersey's behind this attempt, multiple attempts to get it in front of the Supreme Court and run it up the ladder. But once one state falls, folks... <coughs> There's going to be a rush of, uh, of of other states that don't want to be left behind. And I and Iowa still got that bill, I guess, that is working its way through the House. So we'll see if, if Iowa, like everybody wants to be ready for football. Everybody wants to be ready for King football once wagering becomes legal throughout the country. And we'll see if Iowa is this year or next year. Right now, let's talk some um, major minor league baseball. Is, I beg your pardon. Randy Wayhofer, who, as I just mentioned a minute ago, will not be going on the road. You will not hear his voice doing games this year. Uh, he's going to, um, you know, stick around and not have the rigors of a minor league travel season. Randy, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Personally, selfishly, are you looking forward to uh, leaving airports behind for the most part, Randy? Um, certain days, for sure. You know, when you get play a 7 o'clock game on the road and you get back to the hotel about 1230 and the wake-up call is at 3 for a 4 a.m. bus, that's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, those are tough days. Uh, but then again, I could be working hard for a living instead of going to baseball games every day. So I didn't have, Never expected anybody to cry for me, that's for sure. And you're not like you're putting on a hard hat with a light on it and going down a mine shaft. I totally <laughs> no. agree with you. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's open house in a minute. Uh, the rule changes, first of all. I'm anxious to hear when uh, minor league baseball made it known that they are going to put a runner on second base 
and the hard boots, the you know, the purists of the game that just uh, hate change, that are reluctant to see anything new to their game, not broke, why fix it, at least in their mind. Personally, selfishly, I think it's great. I really and truly do. But what would what was kind of the blowback, the feedback, uh, when it was first announced that this is coming to minor league baseball? Yeah, I think you're right. There was some of that initial kind of outrage, how dare you, and the, um, you know, some of my thoughts first hearing it because, you know, as a broadcaster and as a fan, I've always been very stat-minded and record-minded, and you think of uh, all the kind of nitty-gritty details of, well, you know, if a guy comes in and you start a guy at second and he gives up a sack bunt and a sack fly and uh, gets a, a strikeout and he's the losing pitcher somehow in that game, that doesn't seem to make much sense. So you have to uh, kind of adjust some of the record keeping uh, along the way. Um, but I, I go back to the World Baseball Classic and the, you know, it, it's different in that tournament style atmosphere and the drama that it created, but it certainly did create a lot of excitement. Uh, and I think that the over really the, the overarching principle here is that there's just so many rules in place for minor league pitchers to develop them, but not hurt them to get ready to be good major league pitchers that no one is served by a game that drags on 16 innings. You got to use position players and the games, the two days after that stink, cause you got to fill the next day with two pitchers, no matter how good or bad they may be doing that day. Uh, so that I understand uh, all of the reasoning behind it, and it makes a lot of sense. And for me, the other part of this that's important is extra innings doesn't happen every day. You know, this isn't, you can come to a whole lot of games and never see this take place. Uh, you know, it's not something that's changing the daily fabric of the game, just those exceptions. If we play 10 extra inning games, home and away, out of the 140 that we play this year, you know, that'd be a lot. So it's not going to come up all that often, and I think there will be a a novelty aspect to this that will keep fans engaged because if you've been to an extra inning game, the ninth inning ends, it's two to two and two thirds of the crowd gets up and leaves. So it's not if, if they're so outraged by this, uh, they weren't staying to watch it the old way either. Hey, uh, Randy, wanted to get your thoughts. The, the first wave has gone through and now we've seen the last couple of seasons, the offensive guys out there uh, with the big league club that made their way through Iowa Feels like the next wave is going to be a lot more arms. Some guys uh, in single A and double A. Who are some of the uh, names that you're excited to see up on the bump uh, coming up this summer? Jen Ho Tseng was really good for us last year for about half the season before he went up at the end of the year. And I know they think a lot of him. Uh, and and he was kind of lighting it up his way through. And he slowed down a little bit uh, in double a in 2016 but he really seemed to surge back last year and i'm uh, excited to see what he can do you know the early part of a triple a season is so much more of a test than the later part uh, because you've got so many guys that you have to face that are major league quality that got forced out by a numbers game uh, from that opening day roster that are in lineups and as the season goes along if those guys are as good as they are because of injuries and because of guys underperforming in the big leagues, you know, you, you face less and less of those at the AAA level as the season goes along. I think of when we opened in Oklahoma City last year and they had Cody Bellinger and Rob Segan. They had a major league lineup. Um, Alex Verdugo, they had just a bunch of thumpers. You know, and by the time you meet Oklahoma City in July, those guys get called up. And it's not the same. So I'm interested to see how Sang does 
early in a triple-A season against those kinds of guys. And Rob Zestrisny, if they would let him be in one particular role, I think he's really good. And, and last year, trying to make the team as a reliever and then coming back as a starter when he got sent down, got hurt. I'm hoping he's healthy when we see the guy that uh, I think is, is in there uh, from the left side. And then Dylan Maples, I put in that same category with saying, um, you know, coming back and got a taste of the big leagues last year, and he was all but released and, and remade himself a year ago and went from single A to the big leagues all in, in one season. So uh, I think those are the three guys, at least on the opening day roster that we know of so far, that I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, how they react. We're waiting for a couple of other uh, of announcements I haven't heard where Dwayne Underwood might be going. He's a guy that has battled injuries, who uh, was the number one starting pitching prospect a couple of years ago uh, before he got hurt. There's a chance that they would push him to start here. If he ends up here, there will be another uh, name that I'm, I'm, and, and guy that I'm really interested in watching. You know, Randy, let's do this since we're we're kind of short on time. Uh, let's let's we'll find some time on Wednesday. You know, you guys will know the roster by then. I know Thursday's opening day. It's the fiftieth season. It's kind of a not kind of it is a big deal uh, for our community this year. So let's kind of go and take some time and you know focus on some of the promotions etc. throughout the year and what sure. the fiftieth means. But uh, in our in our final minute with you here uh, tomorrow, you guys have a big event, uh, open house. I know it's really popular. By all accounts, it seems like tomorrow's going to be a decent day so you should be able to go what can fans expect if they make their way down to principal park tomorrow well this is the opportunity where people get to see the things that they don't normally get to see and we'll let you into the clubhouse and see the locker area and we uh, added it on to the batting cage uh, and, and did some uh, remodeling in the clubhouse this year uh, the fans can get a look at and come up in the press box and see the suites and we usually let people announce a batter or two or their own name on the PA system and go down into the dugout. We'll have free hot dogs and sodas for folks that, that come out. And it probably will be a little bit chilly. Uh, but, uh, you know, as long as it's dry, I'm sure people will have a good time. 10 to 2 tomorrow? Correct, 10 to 2. Good stuff. Uh, we'll talk on Wednesday. Let's kind of take a, a – we'll, we'll devote more time to going inside the 50th season uh, down uh, to, at Principal Park. Thank you, Randy. Have a good uh, day tomorrow. Hope it's a success. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. Thank you. Randy Wayhofer from the Iowa Cubs. Uh, open house tomorrow, Principal Park, 10 until 2. Very cool event. Absolutely. Uh, talked to people that have been there before. Says it's great every single year. I hope well, I hope the weather cooperates. Yes. Open, well, tomorrow and then opening day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Three oh eight first pitch, that 8, because of KCCI, their relationship. Oh, look at that. Absolutely. Um, Got to pay those bills, right? Yeah, it's good that the uh, local television station is hooked up with them. We'll take a time out. We will talk to Tom Kicker when we come back inside the Hawks. Dylan Mont's still to come. Trent's going to go on record, get his thoughts as well on the games tomorrow night. Before we get out of here at 2 o'clock, it's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG. Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney, giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Boom. Guys, Trent Condon here again for New Leaf Wellness. 
Warm weather is going to be here before you know it. And if you added some pounds during the winter, New Leaf Wellness can help you. Great treatment program designed specifically for you. I'm on the GAC and Mick. It has helped me not just lose weight with my energy level. No more lulls in the afternoon. Give them a call today. Set up a free, no obligation consultation. 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Let's feel better together with New Leaf Wellness Centers. Texas Roadhouse will be hosting their annual luncheon benefiting Special Olympics Iowa on Thursday, April the 5th at participating locations throughout the state. Come anytime between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. to join Special Olympics for a free lunch served by local law enforcement. The organization and officers just ask that you make a donation to Special Olympics when you stop in. Lunch includes pulled pork, a side roll, and a choice of tea, pop, or water. Texas Roadhouse is a longtime partner of Special Olympics Iowa. All donations made during the luncheon will go to support athletes with intellectual disabilities in Iowa. Participating locations include Ames, Urbandale, Cedar Rapids, Cedar Falls, Coralville, Davenport, Sioux City, Council Bluffs, and Dubuque. Bring the entire family for a tasty meal and great atmosphere, all in support of Special Olympics Iowa. If you're a pro, you don't buy a little of this or that. You buy a lot of this or that. And at the Home Depot, you save even more. Save up to 15% in bulk discounts on select pro-grade products from top brands like 3M, Loctite, and Liquid Nails. As a pro, you work hard for your money. You shouldn't have to work hard to save it. Up to 15% in bulk discounts on select pro-grade products. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. See store for details. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recent robbery. Here to describe the event, a recliner. So... I'm taking my afternoon nap, when suddenly I hear a commotion. As I look up, two dudes wearing ski masks run out the door with the flat-screen TV. Did you chase after them? I can't run with claw feet. Your recliner can't help in a robbery, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property loss. Go to GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Baseball. Is there another professional sport that brings out as much passion and as many memories in their fans? Kevin the Flag Guy here. We love baseball at Heartland Flags. Go Reds. We know what the flag means, and so do you. The classic pinstripes, the simple W, or the iconic throwback logos of your favorite team. Baseball is back, and it's time to fly your favorite team's flag. Shop in-store, 3719 Southwest 9th in Des Moines, or online at heartlandflags.com. Well, it's that time of year again, tax time. Not all tax firms are the same. Hi, this is Mike Hammond, owner of Advantage Financial and Tax Services, located in West Des Moines. Not only am I a tax pro, but a certified financial planner as well. We can discuss tax savings ideas and financial services when we meet. We are not a chain and offer local and personalized service. Give us a try. Visit AdvantageIowa.com or call 440-1133. Advantage Financial and Tax Services. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Dylan Montz uh, on the Cyclones. Ames Tribune coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Right now, Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Inside the Hawks we go. Tom, Trent, and Ken, how's things, Tom Kakert? Things are things are good. Two baseball games down, and I'm uh, you know ready to take a nap, I think. <laughs> uh, how, uh, how did you do? Did you lead the team to victory, Coach Kakert? Uh, no, Uh-oh. we had a, we, it's early 
and we're scuffling a little bit, but uh, I think we'll get better. Well, the seat getting that's hot. what I hope. <laughs> seat getting hot, Tom? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just helping this year. Oh, I'm okay. not uh, in charge. So does it go on That's your win good loss thing. record? Good. Yeah, it does it's like Shashevsky when he was gone with the back yes. ailment. He yeah. just expunged all those things from his record. Uh, good stuff. Well, Tom, let's uh, let's start with recruiting. I got Jack Campbell a big announcement tomorrow. All signs point to him becoming a Hawkeye. Is that what you're hearing, Tom? Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. Um, just what what he's kind of said over time, and I know he was it was really a tough kind of back and forth between Iowa and Iowa State. I know he was really impressed with the Cyclones, but I think in the end, um, just you know Iowa's tradition uh, and and building players up and getting guys to the NFL is probably going to weigh out uh, with with the in-state prospect uh, out of Cedar Falls. So, speaking of linebackers, and that's what Jack Campbell will be uh, at the next level, how about the current linebacker crew? Names that we know, but a lot of names. How is this going to sort out in your mind? I think it's going to take some time to figure it out. I think they're going to bounce some guys around. The the guy that I think really bouncing around a little bit is maybe Imani Jones, and he's probably the guy that I think Iowa fans probably the most excited about. I don't know. I, I That's kind of my feeling. They've been more excited about him. And I think he's got a chance to, you know, maybe get in the mix at middle linebacker mm-hmm. or, um, you know, the battle between he and men's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up having Neiman, Jones, men uh, as their three linebackers this year. But that's just a guess. And it's hard for us to judge because, we don't get to see them. <laughs> other than 20 minutes the other day, we got to see them run around and stretch for about half that time. So um, we didn't really, you know, it's hard to hard to tell until we get to see them. And then when we do get to see them, it's one out of the 15 practices. So right. it's hard to really gauge a whole lot of what's going on in practice. Did you happen to see any of the quarterbacks uh, pick up a football and chuck it around? And if so, whose arms impressed you? We know Stanley, but of the new guys, uh, did uh, did you have an opportunity? Did you come away more impressed for the one over the other at all, Tom? Not really. In fact, you know, I I kind of joked in uh, in the lounge the other day that uh, the the pecking order at quarterback was Stanley Mansell, uh, Ryan Schmidt, and then. Um, uh, then Petrus was fourth, but I also noted it's four practices in, and if he wasn't fourth, I would have been surprised. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's going to take some time, but I really like what the way he throws, uh, Spencer Petrus throws the ball. Uh, I like Mantell and his kind of moxie that he brings to the table, He's a, and he moves really well. Um, boy, Petrus, is, he's legit 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. I mean, he's a big kid. He's Stanley level big, so um, that's interesting for me to, to look at him. You know, being that tall, and, and and he's got a pretty good frame to him as well. So, uh, Tom, I bandied this one about a couple of times with some different people. What position group? And it doesn't have to be you know the whole offensive line or the whole defensive line, whatever it is. But is there a position group that still linebacker is going to have three new faces? A group that really does concern you uh, as we go through the spring. 
Uh, boy, probably wide receiver. Okay. I think that's the biggest concern to me um, right now. And I, I'd throw offensive line into it just because I know that's the engine for the Iowa offense. And if the engine is not working, then uh, the rest of the car is not going to run. So um, that offensive line has to be good and, and uh, they've got to figure some things out there, too. Is Keegan Render going to stick at center? I think he will. Um, and then moving uh, worse to left tackle, which is, I think, his natural spot. And Alaric over to right. And then figuring out the guards, I think Levi Paulson's one of them for sure. And Ross Reynolds probably the other one right now. But I, I just know they shift that around so much. But wide receivers just, he, the Amir Smith-Marset, and Brandon Smith of the world have to step up this year and give them more production than they did last year. Mm. As true freshmen, and he wouldn't expect them to right. Tom be K- great. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com is our guest. Tom, when uh, over the years, uh, Coach Ferentz has, has mentioned this uh, uh, numerous times, and I'm, I'm wondering if it's a staff-wide thing that that the coaching staff really loves this time of year. You know that they really get to get out and coach these kids up. You know, you don't maybe have that luxury the entire month of August or fall camp, and you know once you get into uh, the season itself, uh, that uh, doesn't afford you that opportunity. But can you really tell when you know the limited amount granted that you guys get to watch? Watch practice that these coaches are really into it and are really enjoying this time of year. Oh, they do. They just love it because this is for them. It's pure football. It's it's uh, teaching the game, and that's what they love to do. So, yeah, they just they eat up this time of year because they get to work with the guys, and there's no pressure of a game plan. It's just you're going out there and you're practicing and working on yourself and working on your game and and figuring out which guys are going to play. Couple minutes left with Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, uh, jumping over to basketball, and uh, it seems like things have settled down. Is the roster, for all intents and purposes, outside of Tyler Cook and his decision that he's going to have, do you feel like it's settled? I do. I, I kind of think that it's settled, and that's kind of what I heard that, um, you know, the, the coaches believe it's it's kind of settled down and, and uh, things have calmed and. And uh, they expect everybody else back at this point except for Cook. And now we just wait to see what he decides to do. I thought it was interesting that, uh, um, you know, is what the kid that was going to go to Syracuse yeah. uh, announced yesterday right. going to become more of the norm? I think that's a possibility. Interesting, and that of course is uh, he's bypassing college, the one and done. He's no longer one and done. He's going right to the G League. So that's interesting, Tom. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm with you. That's going to be something to watch um, very closely. I guess the other news that, that came out: Connor McCaffrey did get some good news from the NCAA. They granted his uh, medical red shirt. Yeah, yeah, they did, and that was kind of a no brainer. I think everybody knew that was going to going to occur, and that's the way it was going to play out. So. Um, yeah, it's good that Connor will get that extra year, and now Connor and Patrick will get to play together uh, at the college level an extra year. So uh, get a little bit more. Final 30 seconds here, Tom. Two open scholarships if Cook uh, does depart. McCaffrey gets one. What would you do with the other? Um, you know, I wrote something yesterday about it, and I think what you know what, what was the biggest deficiency on the team last year? It was defense, mm-hmm. really, and it was at the guard position defense. I think they need to get better there. I, 
I'd really like to see. I know everybody wants them to get a true point card, whatever <laughs> that means today. Um, but I think uh, they really need to look at kind of a defensive guard that's got a little size, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guy that can really guard and uh, do things physically. And I'd really like to see them go after the grad transfer market and yeah. That way you can get that scholarship right back uh, uh, that next year for the 19 class. Makes a ton of sense. Thank you, Tom Kakert. We will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks, Tom. Okay, thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you, Tom Kakert. com. Dylan Mons coming up next. Ames Tribune, Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back. It's our final segment of the day. Trent and I are out of here at 2 o'clock. We've talked some Hawks. Let's get uh, caught up on the Cyclones. Dylan Mons on the Iowa State beat uh, as we uh, go inside recruiting, spring football, etc., etc., with our old buddy Dylan Mons. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Doing pretty well, guys. How about you? Doing fine. Uh, recruiting in a second. Uh, we haven't spoken with you since uh, Pro Day. I know you were you were president at Pro Day. Uh, by all accounts, Joe Lanning had a a pretty good day. Um, you know, he's asked to play some offense. I guess the Raiders are apparently uh, considering uh, Joe Lanning at fullback. Uh, what were a couple of your biggest takeaways from uh, Pro Days earlier this week? Yeah, I think really it is kind of Joe Lanning, and Alan Lazard has been kind of projected in those middle rounds, and maybe later rounds if something uh, weird happens, but he's kind of sat in the, the range that he's going to go, and Joe Lanning is still a little bit of an unknown. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that he was asked to do a little bit of the fullback stuff at Pro Day and catch some passes and do some of the uh, bag stuff. I thought it was really interesting, and... Um, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but uh, people just kind of want to see what he can do, uh, which is a lot. He's, he's all over the place, and that pro day, he just he did a little bit of everything. So uh, I think he's probably still looking at uh, the tail end of the draft, maybe the seventh round. Um, but at that point, you wonder if you want to just go as a free agent somewhere and, and try to make it that way and get to the side. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens or, or what we hear the next uh, month or so before the draft. A couple offensive linemen. We, we've talked a lot about Landing and Lazard, and, and no doubt those are certainly the front runners. But uh, Bobek puts up uh, That's crazy a, number, a just crap ton of reps uh, on the bench press. And uh, Jake Kiepos, a guy that you know highly regarded recruit coming out, played well, dealt with injuries. Jake Kiepos, is there any shot that maybe somebody takes a flyer sixth, seventh round on him? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's always a chance, uh, especially in the later rounds. You never know what people are looking for or, or what, uh, how they value different guys. But uh, his size is certainly something that, that helps him out. He's a big kid, and that, that uh, was highly regarded coming out of high school. I think the injuries are something that, that people look at, and you know, it's not necessarily something that that you know hurts his chances a lot, but it's something people take into account. But even if it's not as a draftee, I think he's another guy that could find his way into a camp. And uh, really, for those guys that are just trying to uh, make it on their own, really, it's just about finding the right system, the right team, how they can best use your skill sets. Do they have a spot for you? What do they want to see from you? Um, so I think he can certainly fit the mold in something like that. Uh, Dylan Moss, Ames Tribune is our guest, AmesTrib.com, to read uh, Dylan, all his Iowa State spring football coverage. Well, let's switch gears to recruiting, and uh, you tweeted yesterday, Iowa State's got a cornerback and uh, a kid that I guess brings uh, 
Uh, a lot of speed to to the position. Joseph Thompson is his name. Uh, what do you know about uh, Iowa State's 2019 uh, recruit? That's a, a cornerback, right? Not the biggest kid, five ten, a buck sixty, but he's still got some time before he gets here to maybe add a few pounds. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, I think for getting it down to him is really big. He's he's like you said, he's not he's not overly big, um, but his his feet and his versatility, and that's kind of what you hear uh, about him when whenever his name gets brought up. And his speed sounds like is really, uh, really impressive. And uh, he tweeted a highlight video and showed a little bit of that. So I think um, it's a really nice fit. Uh, he's a three-star out of uh, Phillips Academy in Chicago, which is a nice program there. Um, I think Nate Shieldhouse, um, some of the connections that he has in that state, uh, certainly paying dividends with, with something like that. So, I think, um, you know, I, I'm trying to remember what numbers he are. I think he's a top 25 player in the state of Illinois and a top 100 quarterback, quarterback nationally. So uh, a really nice get there, and uh, I think it brings Iowa State's class to seven members right now. And it's kind of funny when you go look at the 24-7 sports uh, rankings and stuff right now. They're, they're third in the Big 12 and, like, 13th nationally, slotted ahead of Alabama. So it's kind of funny wow. um, just to look at some of those uh, those numbers and rankings. And obviously, it's really early in the process. And uh, certainly a team like Alabama is able to go in and get guys late. But um, it, it's a nice start to the class, and uh, they're doing a lot of work early to try to secure some of those guys. And uh, Joseph Thompson. Yeah, and like I said, is another nice get and a guy that kind of fits the mold of, of what they want to do defensively. Couple of guys, uh, the Hawkeyes and Cyclones going head to head for Jack Campbell of Cedar Falls. He'll make his decision uh, tomorrow, and also a guy that running back that's going to be visiting both campuses this weekend, Jarrell Brock. Uh, Campbell sounds like maybe leaning the way of the Hawkeyes, but what do you know about Brock, the uh, four-star running back over from Illinois? Yeah, he's he's obviously a really dynamic kid, and uh, kind of again like what I said with with uh, Thompson Shieldhouse and some of the connections that he has in, in that state are, are really big. And um, when he came in with winner, it sounds like he wasn't really uh, he didn't really miss a beat in trying to go get Brock. And uh, there might have been some connection there from uh, when Shieldhouse was on staff at Illinois. But I think uh, certainly I would think he's had a, a good track record the last couple of years with what it's been able to do with Montgomery and. Um, it'll be interesting this year to see kind of what Milwaukee uh, has in the mix, but they can certainly uh, tout some of those guys as guys who have been able to come in and produce and and you know do well. And I think uh, from, from all accounts, they really like Brock. And like I said, he's he's a dynamic kid, so it'll be interesting to see what way he goes. But it's it's been um, kind of fascinating to watch the last couple of years. There's been more true competition for guys between Iowa and Iowa State, and and not just uh, you know guys getting an offer from one and, and just picking there, but there's been actual real competition, and I think that's kind of fun to see. Yeah, no doubt about it. Dylan Mont, Ames Tribune is our guest. Well, Dylan, uh, let's get your predictions. Let's t- get you on a record here. Call your shots. Who wins tomorrow night? Michigan Loyola's game number one. Who are you going to take? Uh, I like the story of Loyola a lot, and it's been kind of fun to watch them make this run, but I think uh, Michigan pulls it out. They're, they're playing really well, and it's found a lot of different ways to win these games. Will the Big 12 play for a championship on Monday, or does Villanova pick off Kansas? I I really like Villanova. Uh, they just have so many pieces, and Jalen Brunson is the national player of the year. Uh, I, I like what, uh, wow. what Villanova can do to get back to the championship game. 
Uh, what's on the uh, schedule as far as this coming week? Will you guys have any football opportunities? You know, earlier on in the week, you had a couple of opportunities uh, coaching wise. Uh, what, what's coming up this week, Dylan? Do you know that off the top of your head? Yeah, so on Monday we'll get two more positions. I want to say it's um, quarterbacks and special teams. Uh, I know special teams for, for sure. And then Friday we get two more positions. So it's a little bit spaced out, but we're hitting the round with all these guys. But two times next week we'll get a few different coaches. Wonderful. We will uh, recap those uh, opportunities with you on Tuesday. We'll talk to you then. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, amestrib.com to read Dylan Montz, Travis Hines, and the crew over there. All right, Trent Condon. Yes. Final few minutes of the program. Here we're, uh, you said in the first hour that you're taking your daughter drinking. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Maybe reevaluating things now. Tara was listening, was she? Uh, I got a text. Uh, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Uh, Good. (laughs) The moms are usually right. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so you're so you're headed north. Yep. Um, baseball, bass. I mean, so I know what you're doing tomorrow night. Yeah, it's pretty easy. It's uh, locked and loaded. Five thirty-seven. Something some, like some that, weird yeah. time like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll be in front of the television with the cold one in the hand, ready for uh, that one. I don't blame you a bit. So um, for me, um, my 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 Jets. You've heard of Hockey Night in Canada, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a long-standing program out there. It's it's a religion. It's is it Saturday, Saturday night? Saturday night. Okay, and it's been every Saturday night since I can remember. I've mm-hmm. watched I've watched hockey, and this isn't an exaggeration. Since the early '60s, mm-hmm. when my dad used to work, when I first learned to write, I would watch the game and I would write down who scored the goals, the final score of the game, because mm-hmm. we wouldn't know until Monday. There was no Sunday paper. Okay. So if you, <laughs> no Sunday paper. No Sunday paper. Uh, the great so north. To, really. If you want to know what happened on Saturday, you'd have to wait till Monday at about supper time when your paper would arrive. So I'd write down the scores. I'd write down the three stars of the game. But anyways, long story, um, that I'm boring everybody, and I apologize. But it's our program. You're right, you're right. Um, Hockey Night in Canada. The Jets for the first time all year on Hockey Night in Canada. Oh, really? Tomorrow night. Who do they play? Final Four. Toronto. I mean, they're only on because Toronto. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, but Winnipeg's better in Toronto. But anyways. Is it is it basically they put on either Toronto or Montreal? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then they do a late game. But the late game's kind of a, a throw-in. Don Cherry does his mm-hmm. his gig in between yes. the first and second period. The I've seen the corner. jackets. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, the guy could have. I'm not sure he still could, but he could run for prime minister and win. Yeah, he, there was a time he absolutely could have. I mean, they loved him up there. Um, but anyway, so I'm kind of disappointed that the final four is on the same the one night of the year that my team makes hockey night in Canada. So help me out here with you have the NHL package. I obviously. do. Yes. Do you get the the Canadian yes. feed? I get all. I get most of the Canadian feeds for the Jets. Uh huh. Now I don't have to have the NHL Hockey Night in Canada airs on the NHL Network two fifteen. Yeah. which you get. Yes, every Saturday at six. I never realized. Yeah, that. every Saturday at six, they pick up the Hockey Night in Canada feed, and huh. it's just done differently. Yeah, you know, it really like NBC's really good, but it's just done differently. Like, like, like give it give year. me an example, like. Just the, the um, for a guy like me that doesn't the, know how there, there's well. more cameras. Okay, it just means more. It just, so it's like Sunday night football. Yes, yes, that's a yeah. good example of it. That's a good example. And the between the, the hosts and the guys, etc. Um, it just means more. Yeah. So and it's just kind of cool to for your team to show up on Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
The best team in Canada is going to be on Hockey Night in Canada once this year. Anyways, uh, there's bigger fish to fry. Your your team that was shut out by uh, an accountant. accountant. Yeah, that's not a great story though. At the end of it the is day, that the, that that passes the the test when. I get a text from my wife, which I did this morning on, after she got to work. She was listening to a radio show talk about it. She, this can't be true, can it? Yeah. When it passes that kind of test, you, you know it's... And if you weren't listening earlier, this is a, 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 a Chicago Blackhawks last night. They, the, the guy that was going to start in goal got hurt in warm-ups. Mm-hmm. So the backup goalie is forced into duty, who's never played a game, by the way, in the NHL. He was going to play his first game on the weekend. So he goes into the game... And you have to have another goalie should your the guy between the pipes get hurt, right? Right. right. And every and I didn't know you're not this. putting Patrick Patrick Cade no, in pads. No, exactly. <laughs> you're gonna so every every NHL game has a guy that sits up in the press box that's quote the emergency goalie. I don't know if it's a you know they give him a hundred a day and a seat in the press box and mm-hmm. let him eat uh, let him eat the free, free uh, press meal or whatever. <laughs> right. But this guy is thrust into duty. So the during warm-ups, the, the, the regular goalie gets hurt. He's called down from the press box. He's told to put on your equipment. But he stays in the dressing room because should something happen to the guy that was playing last night, he would have to go right onto the ice and right into the game without the benefit of warm-up shots. Wow. But if you stay in the dressing room and you're not on the bench and you're thrust into duty, you can actually have a couple of guys go out there, and for like, it's timed, I'm going to say a couple of minutes, shoot a couple of pucks just so you get the feel of the game. Yeah. So this guy is in the dressing room. Long story short, the goalie gets hurt midway through the third period, and they're playing Winnipeg, and Winnipeg is offensively loaded. Yeah. Loaded. And so this guy comes out of the dressing room, and Trent, I swear to God, it was like turning back the clock to the 70s. He's got tiny little pads on. He's got a wooden stick that I haven't <laughs> seen in decades. Uh, of course, a mask with nothing on it, right? Because yeah. he's a beer league goalie. That's what he's been doing. He goes in between the pipes for 13 minutes. He only faced seven shots. I mean, do you, Chicago really upped their game, and the Jets didn't want they had The Jets have clinched, right? Mm-hmm. they got nothing to play for. And I'm not saying they took it easy on the guys. They fired seven shots at him. But he stopped every one of them. It's just a remarkable story. This is like you know, going into the stands at a baseball game and we're out of position players. I'm going to need you to come and face Araldus Chapman's 103-mile-an-hour fastball, right? <laughs> and, and you slap a single to right field. And you slap a single. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just it's, it's an amazing, amazing. Or it's, you know, you've got 98 yards to go and uh, no, no timeouts and we need a quarterback. <laughs> Type of thing. Uh, it, it, only in hockey. Only in hockey. Just remarkable. All right, call your shots. Who All do you right. have tomorrow in the first game? Game one, I think, not that the stage is too big for Loyola, but mentioned this early in the program with Wade Looking Bill. I really do think playing in the Dome, mm-hmm. that environment, it's just it's so different from what these guys are used to. And we've seen this a lot. George Mason, VCU, you get to this spot, this is where it ends. I think it happens. So I'll take Michigan, Michigan to cover as well. I do think Kansas is going to And that keep... number is what? Five and a half? Five and a half, yep. yeah. There might be some fives out there. Okay. Same spread for the uh, the Kansas game. I'm going to grab the points with the Jayhawks. Nova gets it done. Tight, great game, mm-hmm. great cap around Saturday night. We'll say uh, Villanova 77-75. Is that the matchup you're rooting for on Monday night? I'd like to see Loyola there. Would but, you? But I just have my concerns mm-hmm. when we get a ugly championship yeah. game. So I want Big Ten, Big 12. That'd be great. That really would, yeah. especially where, from where we sit. Right, right. Michigan, Kansas would. That, that's the game I want. I have. I, I think Michigan gets there. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think Villanova wins. 
I think they'll. I hope they cover it. I want good games. Oh, right. There's only three left for crying out loud. Well, we got CIT or something tonight. Do we? I think. I don't even know if they're television. How much Penn State did you watch last night? Quite a bit. I did too. Yeah. More listen than to I the, thought. Listen to the beginning here on the station. Oh, we carried the we game? We had the NIT title game. Wow, I didn't realize that. Now, I didn't watch much of it because Penn State was really, it was close early and then they opened up and it was. They're yeah. good. Tony Carr comes back. Tournament team? Penn State is a good team. Yeah. And you could see Penn State getting better mm-hmm. from January to February. Well, right? if they just got to play Ohio State every time, That's I mean, they'd have been a one seed. It could have been. Could have been. <laughs> All right, everybody, enjoy your weekend again, uh, as we've said throughout the entire tournament. If you can't be in front of your TV tomorrow night, uh, if you're driving somewhere, um, flip on the radio or keep it here to 1700. We've got both of the final four games tomorrow, and then the same goes for Monday night. Uh, the championship game on Monday night, it plays here on 1700. Have a great weekend. Oh, real quick, you and Jimmy B today, what have you got cooking? Uh, running solo today, Brinson, you know. So he's taking two of the last well, three days off. I mean, he's got to get Good Friday good, off. Well, you know? good of him to come in Thursday, though. Right, right. He's working hard, as it always. It is solid, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I got Wolfgang stopping by. We'll talk a lot of spring football with him. Mark Simon, formerly of ESPN, has got a new gig uh, working Mark with Simon. ESPN East Baseball Tonight. Stats and information. Okay. He was kind of that analytic guy. Uh, he's now got a, a new analytic baseball job. So we'll talk some uh, numbers with him. Gary Rima going to talk Loyola with uh, with Rima and put a cap on basketball for the Panthers. A look at spring football and a, a Kevin Lehman also stop by. So busy show until six o'clock. Good stuff. We will be back on Monday at two. We hope you can join us as well. Enjoy your weekend right here on seventeen hundred KBGG.